let's um I guess I'll uh play the intro again. You are now listening to Double Jump Radio. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 60 again of Double Jump Radio Live. I'm joined by my co-host John and uh Oh my god, I forgot to introduce myself. It's this is this is take two, folks. I do apologize. I'm your host, Abia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm still good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the cats have stopped scratching at my door. That's yeah. cool. I uh, think so. You'd hear them better than I would, maybe. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's yeah, these uh, nice day today. So no, that's yeah, good. Leave it at that. Yeah. No, it's um, it's been a tough month. I mean, after. The, the the stabbing attack in um in Copenhagen as well as the shooting in the US. Um again, a new one. Um, you know, it's been a it's been a tough month around the world. So uh, you know, re- really feeling for all the families um affected by these tragic events and yeah, not to mention, you know, friends in you know friends in U- the Ukraine or in, in <sighs> yeah, and the Crimea who've been really affected um by the ongoing war so really um really hope that you know if you are listening from any of those communities that we can provide you with a little bit of escape and a little bit of a little bit of positivity for for the week so uh, i think on the new on the topic of positivity let's take it over to the news Right. So first, so we'll be bundling up. Us like this is our first tryout. Like kind of bundling up little stories mm. in terms of like tone, seemingly, or mm-hmm. you know, not just tone, but you know, just nature of like the topic. So first is like kind of a number of more positive stories regarding gaming and charity and all that stuff. So first up is Itchio's new bundle that will be is fundraising for the national network for abortion funds collective power fund um this is a organization that moves money directly to abortion funds across 20 or so states in the u.s uh, focusing on the south and midwest where it's like usually the most difficult to get access to abortions in the u.s so this bundle from itchio it's like if you don't know itchio is like a very very indie storefront it's very easy to get access to it for very small creators and it caters specifically to them and people who want to play games from them. So the game, the bundle includes over 750 games across 600 creators. Um, there's a minimum donation of 10 US or around 15 Australian, and it has an estimated value of over 3K. So it doesn't have like too many big games. The one that stood out to me was like Hypnospace Outlaw. Oh yeah, which I think it's yeah. very. It's like it's like one of those games. It's like oh, that's worth throwing some money in just for that. Yeah because it's like a I'd good agree. price for that plus everything else <laughs> um but yeah if you don't use it very much it has like lots of tabletop stuff a lot of like physical stuff you like print out and play that way that kind of stuff so yeah so and like each year also has another bundle currently running to celebrate pride month um this features also hundreds of games across 400 lgbt plus artists um that's kind of end tomorrow so it'll probably be over by the time you listen to this but if it isn't go buy it that'll be cool um support a great cause yes yeah as we were saying earlier it's like um you know it's like it's really yeah like it's really easy to kind of 
forget that you can kind of do something as like bad news just kind of flows past you day after yeah. day it's kind of like an easy way to you know it's like it's kind of cynical and that's like oh i'm getting something for donating but it's like you're like you're still throwing money at something that really deserves it and could you know do some good hmm. so yeah um sega has pledged to match employee donations to um, a number of non-for-profit organizations supporting kind of abortion access in the u.s so this includes planned parenthood Narol, pro-choice america foundation and other similar non-profits that are like supporting reproductive rights um yeah so in the statement made on twitter they said quote at sega we stand for equality and believe in the ability to make choices about one's body as a human right so yeah just kind of after we discussed last week this is kind of sega being added to the pile of all these game companies making an effort to help their own developers and you know everyone else in getting being able to like access abortion and just you know basic human rights i guess yeah um like it 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 should be up to you know women to make that decision for themselves um or you know a husband you know a woman and their partner to make that decision and not up to like you know the lawmakers who may or may not understand kind of the the different situations that people can you know women can find themselves in or couples can find themselves in you know where they might need to have an abortion so i think um yeah i was just scrolling down and looking at just showing the the stream some of the uh some of the responses and it's just like these these people are just i think people are just under the assumption that people are just gonna like it's like it's like when you have a, an upset stomach and you take something like Mylanta or Buscapan to help with like heartburn or whatever. It's like, oh yeah, I'm just going to pop a pill and, and uh, you know, fix the situation. That's not what... That's not what <laughs> what people are fighting for. Like, I, I'm sure there are people in... Of course, there's, there's probably someone who's in that situation, but, you know, the... the the reasons for, to have an abortion are much more complex than than what they're being made out to made out to be by probably the the more conservative people out there. I'd say, um, but yeah, it's yeah. great to see Sega kind of taking a taking a stand on and and on the right side. I mean, you and I both agree, and I, everyone at Double Jump agrees that this is the right way to kind of take it. And you know, I think uh, it's sad what's happening in America. And I'll, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll, yeah. I'll leave it there. Uh, and we've got some more positive news, buddy. Yes. Um, Ubisoft will start using in-game events to educate people about climate change impact. So um, apparently, I don't think this has been completely confirmed, but there seems to be an association with Playing for the Planet. Mm. This is an UN-led initiative which seeks to use games to, quote, inspire young people to learn and act in support of the environment. So yeah. there's already a couple of examples. Oh, sorry, did you have something to say? No, I was going to say that um, uh, I've just got it up on screen. So uh, the Playing for the Planet kind of initiative um, held its annual Green Game Jam. Um, and like these, the, the two kind of events that Ubisoft pitched was part of it. So like they, right. um, obviously Ubisoft's flushed it out a bit more since then, but there is... I. I it it seems to be legit. 
Mm. Just adding that. Um, okay. <laughs> um, for yeah, so they've Ubisoft have already got a couple of events, like kind of in the works, mm-hmm. um, for upcoming or like for one. Yeah, so first was for Riders Republic, which came out not too long ago. Um, it was says it will host a quote short and intense in-game event in Phoenix, which will promote quote strategies to reduce wildfire frequency and size as well as having an emotional impact on players regarding the consequences of wildfires or bushfires if you live in australia so um yeah this is like as it's the way it's described it'll kind of be like a surprise event that you won't know is happening like the player won't know is happening until you like actually load into the game and you'll kind of be in wildfire conditions like for people who don't know riders republic is kind of like a extreme sports game where you kind of use I think it's like you have like a variety of like yeah you know bikes and whatever it's <laughs> I like forza i think the way i understood it um and the way it was presented is that it's forza horizon but for extreme sports <laughs> yeah that that, <laughs> I that sounds exactly that, yeah. accurate to what i've seen in the game <laughs> um yeah so yeah so that's that one um for the upcoming like pirate game skull mm-hmm. and bones from ubisoft they will also feature it'll feature a similar event that will quote Address resource exploitation, showing what happens in the game world and the real world when the demand for sharks fins results in the overfishing of sharks. So, yeah, similar situation, different, like different lesson, kind of like different knowledge trying to be imparted. So, um, overall, um, Ubisoft made a statement saying that mentioned, quote, like our current societal challenges, changes need to be collaborative, raise awareness, and encourage others to learn of and consider additional ecological causes that need attention yeah so yeah that's like i kind of wish there was more of that i understand why there wasn't there isn't because it doesn't make money usually Mm, but it's mm. and i don't love ubisoft still (laughs) basically it's like they're one of a handful of companies that just kind of put a bad taste in my mouth regardless of what they're doing but um yeah yeah it's still it's still nice to see it's, stuff like that. I mean, maybe what Ubisoft needs to do is the people who actually work on projects like this, because apparently this isn't the first time. Like there was mention in the Playing for the Planet article about Ubisoft presenting previous year's pitches. So, excuse me, maybe the people who are presenting ideas like this, maybe those, some of the people that should be promoted <laughs> into leadership yeah. at Ubisoft. <laughs> maybe, just a thought. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah, it could definitely. I don't know. I'm kind of curious. Like, yeah, like hope it'll be cool to see more of them in the upcoming if they've already kind of yeah. got two coming so quickly. Um, yeah, so after that, um, summer games done quick event, mm-hmm. like the most recent in person one, which took in took place in Minnesota in the US, mm. um, raised 3.01 million US dollars for Doctors Without Borders. Um, this is the first in-person GDQ event since Awesome Games Done Quick in 2020. So it's been a couple of years-ish. Um, yeah, so after this event, Games Done Quick events have now raised more than $40 million for charities around the world since being founded in 2010. So these organizations being including Doctors Without Borders, Prevent, Prevent Cancer Foundation, Malala Fund, Organization for Autism Research and Care. So, yeah, so following this event and several remote events upcoming, which includes Flame Fatales, which is like an all-women speedrunning showcase in August, um, it's understood that Games Done Quick will be shifting to a 
back to like primarily in person i'm going forward and yeah that's good news for this week i suppose yeah no that's good like um the game's done quick <clears throat> i guess like events and, and movement over the the last decade or more like it's kind of become like a growing positive influence obviously there's always bad actors in each each community but overall i think games done quick has done a really really great job not just for the speed running community but for also for different causes like not just raising awareness but also raising like valuable funds especially because um like it's it's like a i don't know it's i think with with over the pandemic everyone being so separated and not having a lot of that interaction i think having a community event like this to bring everyone together again is a good sign whether it's you know you're joining virtually or in the room i think it's it's great to see it and um i i will admit that i just realized the pun in flame fatals <laughs> uh, I, I will admit that <laughs> yeah uh wow. well yeah <laughs> Oh, that's embarrassing. Well, let's uh, let's move over to the next uh, grip of stories. And unfortunately, uh, this is a little bit, a little bit more on the negative side of things. So, uh, these next stories kind of show some of the, some of the uh, the more um, toxic parts of the gaming culture over the past week or so. So, the first story is about uh, God of War Ragnarok, and there have been rumors swirling over, excuse me, the past like. I think it kind of intensified over the past few weeks that uh, God of War Ragnarok developer Sony, uh, Sony's Santa Monica Studio was was apparently due to announce the game's re- uh, release date uh, last week. Now, on June 30th, so early Australian time on June 30th, uh, Corey Barlog, who's the kind of the the the, the creative director, the the man behind. Uh, the most recent God of War, as well as God of War, I think he also took over leadership for God of War Two. Um, he basically came out to say, "Hey," um, to kind of squash those rumors, and he tweeted saying, "Dear all, if it were up to me, I would share all the information when I know about it, but it is not up to me, so please be patient. I promise things will be shared at the earliest possible moment they can be. We make games for you. We get to make games because of you. Uh, so you know, pretty, pretty." I I I feel like it's a very tame statement like he he could do, he could have definitely been a bit more like <laughs> uh like um direct about it but I think this is like a polite way of asking for patience from from the players um so not uh a few hours after that um Jason Schreier from Bloomberg um uh, confirmed uh from one of his sources uh that sorry from a, a people quote familiar with the situation that there was meant to be a, a release date announcement for last Thursday um uh and that he said that yes while Barlog's tweets uh, suggest that that's no longer happening um uh the game itself has not been delayed again so it seems like it's just that the they're just not ready to announce the date not that it has been delayed beyond 2022 so that's that's kind of been the 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 I guess the good news as part of this. Now, unfortunately, the gaming the the toxic element of the gaming community which increasingly seems like 
becoming more and more vocal um, has actually like they started attacking you know sending threats to developers and really really treating them like shit like people who are involved with the game and Santa Monica Studio has actually come out with a statement calling out this behavior and uh, asking for a bit more respect so this is from uh, a statement on Twitter every single person at Santa Monica Studio is working to create a game that we're proud of, one that we hope you will enjoy playing once released. Our fans inspire us, and we understand the passion and desire for more information, but that passion should be not should not be more toxic, nor come at the expense of any human being's dignity. Let's celebrate our community by treating each other, every gamer and developer alike, with respect. Um, I don't know about you, but that seems like a very, very fair ask. And it's a shame that you have to have to ask that in the first place. Yeah. It's like, cause you mentioned like, you know, could be more direct maybe like Barlog's yeah. initial statement. And I was thinking, it's like, I always agree with that. And it's just like, oh man, so many people online, like, you know, not that everyone is, but there's so many people who, you know, game fans who mm. just are just way too intense and take things like you can, you can do be a little more forceful and they're just yeah. going to respond so much worse. So yeah. It's like you always have to be so, you know, kid the softest, plushest kid gloves for people yeah. like that. So it's yeah, but it, like that, yeah, it's a good statement there. So like hopefully it works <laughs> at least for a while. That's that's what we're hoping for. Um, and I guess uh, in an, in another another part of the internet <laughs> and another game that's copped a bit of flack is uh, the uh, the upcoming. I guess official sequel in the A Monkey Island adventure series. Um, so last week uh, we talked about on this show the Nintendo Direct Mini, and one of the games that was shown off there for the first time, uh, you know, and a little bit of a little bit more footage was uh, Return to Mon- Monkey Island. And uh, what it, what the developer showed was, I guess, like the first look at what the art style would be like, and clearly you know art is subjective everyone's got their own opinions but a lot of people were showing um uh, a lot of people were showing like i guess really negative feedback and really negative comments about it uh apparently the art style was um is inspired a lot by Tearaway. sorry Tearaway. you know the the classic ps vita game because i think the actual art if not the art director, but like the artists that worked on that game made this, uh, uh, working on yeah, this game. I actually read a bit like about that where the art director for, I think probably Tearaway, but they also worked on Bikes and Swords or something like that. I'm not sure what, it, what, what it's called anymore. It's like a double fine game, I think. I don't know. All these details are probably wrong. But, <laughs> um, it's like the, the same art director who apparently he's... Said, Is that Costume Quest? Are you thinking of Costume? Is it the one where it's like the kids? No, it's like it's like from a couple of year ago, like a okay. year or two ago. I'm not quite sure what it's called anymore. <laughs> I'll look but it up. it's um, yeah, it's but them like 20 years ago they sent fan art of the like um you know Guybrush 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 or is it Guybrush Threepwood? Yep, Threepwood. Yes, <laughs> like um they sent fan art to um to Gilbert like 20 years ago, and then it like stuck with them. And enough that like they kind of looked up their name 
15 years later or so that's so cool and like it was like oh i wonder if these guys are still around and like they are because they're still in games and it's like oh do you want to make this and then that's kind of what happened <laughs> that's so cool it's like it just kind of came together yeah uh the art director's name is rex kroll um and he worked on tearaway and knights <laughs> and bikes name. knights and bikes yeah yeah what did you say i don't know what you said swords bikes and bikes and swords, bikes and yeah. swords <laughs> it's a very generic name let's not Let's not beat around the bush here. So what's happened is um is uh Dominic Amato, who's the voice actor for Guy Bus Threepwood, the the main character from the Monkey Island series, uh actually kind of took to Twitter on the 29th, like so shortly after the direct uh mini uh, and started talking about you know his own thoughts about the art style and obviously naturally very um very positive, but he also kind of you know, addressed people who were very negative and just very unnecessarily negative. Like you don't really need to be that much. Um, and like he, he, he. I, I like the in in his tweet. He kind of addresses the fact that he's quote. I've always inhibited. Uh, I've always kind of inhibited this weird limbo space between the team and the fandom. So hey, why not? <laughs> a few thoughts on the new graphical style, and then he continues the thread, which I think is a really cool um. Like it's it's, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, as a voice actor, you're you're kind of, you're a fan of the game, but you're also not quite a developer of the game, but you are involved with the development and the creation of the game. So you kind of find yourself in between. So why not? Um, I think this is cool to hear and see something from that that side of the, the production. What do you what do you think? Oh well. Yeah, I think it's like nice to hear it from him. Like, do you mean of the art style or just of? No, no, I'm I'm just thinking of just like someone in his right. position speaking. Yeah, it's like he's like still, he's like so, like you know, uninfluenced. Like so, like he doesn't like have influence over the creative vision of the game. Yeah, but he is like an important jigsaw piece almost of it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's kind of yeah, it's like right, it's like it's like yeah, it is like a strange limbo. Of a sort, it's like it is, yeah, interesting mm. way to put it. But it's like, um, yeah, but I did want to say it's like I watched the latest trailer a couple, um, a couple of days ago, I think, yeah, just because I was like, I kept hearing about like people being annoyed, <laughs> like not liking the art style. It's like, because I remember seeing it from the Nintendo Direct, and it's like yeah. that one's like a short you know, montage, it's like it's not much in it. I was like, it's like, oh, I remember liking it, and then I watched like the most recent trailer, which is a couple minutes long and shows gameplay. Mm. I'm not sure where it's from, but I think it was from like the official Devolver, uh, Devolver, Devolver, <laughs> right? Um, uh, yeah, channel. And, yeah, and I was thinking, it's like I almost get why people don't like it because it, like, it is very reminiscent of mobile games. Yeah, the way it like uses kind of like very flat graphics, and but it's like it's so pretty though. Like I was really shocked by how people like dislike it. So I understand yeah. how it's different. But it's like I I really like, and I definitely one. see the the kind of parallels to to um to Tearaway, which I also thought looked amazing, um and yeah. also like Guacamelee, which I, I I name dropped last week, which I don't think anyone remembers, but uh it, it's very reminiscent of that. It. <laughs> Just it, been a little bit. Like, I think it's a really cool. I, I don't know why, but it just reminds me of like some of the art styles I see in like from like. Middle America, not Middle America. What was Central, Central America? America? Yeah, I don't know why. There's just some some vibe to it. Maybe I've just seen, like, uh, like animated shows or something that always kind of inv- evokes that invokes this type of kind of like stylized look and very like kind of geometric look to everything. 
I mean, yeah, mm. li- like you said, I think it looks pretty cool. And um, like, you know, why does everything have to be exactly what you as a consumer wants it to be? You know what I mean? Like this is the creator's vision and the creator trusts this person to make this vision a reality. So just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, uh, I'm not sure. Sorry. I don't, I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but Go it's like it. Gilbert shutting down. Like says that he'll stop sharing information. Yeah, yeah. I was ju- I was like, just about like... to. Oh, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. You're very right. Um. So, uh, Dominic. Uh, I guess. Uh, later, later. I, I guess the next day, Dominic. Um, revealed. Uh, like a screenshot from Ron Gilbert's grumpy gamer blog that has since been deleted. Basically, uh, Ron Gilbert, the creator of Monkey Island and the director of the new game, said, "You know what?" Uh. <laughs> He, I think he says it very well. Quote, play it or don't play it, but don't ruin it for everyone else. I won't be posting any more about the game. The joy of sharing has been driven from me. End quote. Which is um sad. So basically, don't expect to hear much more about the game until... Um, yeah. Later this year, I guess. Yeah. When it comes out, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, but it's like... Oh, sorry. Yeah, the reason I was like going to say it, it's like... That one's like particularly sad to me because apparently that site because I don't know this series and it's like um like I'm aware of it but like yeah, yeah. but I've followed it before and like apparently Gilbert's been like his site his blog is like quite active and he's been like there's a community there that's been there for a long time mm. and like this the fact that he's like it, you know sharing has been driven from him it's like that's quite a that's a huge it's like, it's especially, thing yeah it's like it feels like such a painful indictment of the kind of people the kind of response it's gotten yeah like it's just that toxic that it's like i don't know it's such a sad thing to mm. suddenly go like i mean if, if he deleted it maybe he kind of thought different of it once there was like so much more kind support for it exactly yeah because i think people but did come out and, and support um yeah but it's still quite a response yeah, yeah. yeah but um, um this is just something that I, I I literally just saw on the sidebar on Twitter, and I feel really bad for not seeing it earlier. Is that uh, Gene Park, who's uh, one of the very prominent, I guess, like games reporter there at Washington Post at the moment? Uh, he just announced that he has cancer um, and that he's begun treatment for it. Um, yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's great to see like a lot of like kind of fellow games journalists and popular personalities and and. Uh, people around the industry getting behind him and showing him support. So uh, I guess from, from us as well, you know, we wish you all the best um, in your fight against this terrible, terrible disease and really hope you, you know, you, you're wishing you all the best and really hope to to see you uh, fit and healthy very, very soon. So uh, just, yeah, thoughts going out to Gene and his family uh, during this very, very difficult time. Yeah, sorry, man, I just saw that. So I just thought I'd... Um, no, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, talk about that, but um, yeah. How about uh, we we move on to uh, a little bit of a a switch, I guess, uh, to leaks, but may not necessarily be of the bad kind. This time, uh, going back to the world of Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, the new well, one. We know well, <laughs> very well. Yeah. Um, this will be really short. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So this a lot of information on Modern Warfare 2 and also 2024's COD has been leaked through the Warzone mobile alpha client. So it's been data mined is... <laughs> and there's been a lot of info Can't catch a break. Yes. 
Mm. Well, poor activism. Um, but like, yeah, so if, a lot of info for Modern Warfare 2, mm. next, the next Warzone, which is like, yeah, I think like, I'm not sure if it's called Warzone 2, but it's like a whole new thing. I don't think we've talked about, I don't know. I don't really care too much to be honest. Um, and then, <laughs> and then the Call of Duty game for 2024. So it's like, it's not much like core new information. It's lots of like little details. So like new weapons, there were like 10 maps leaked. I think it includes images, but it's like at least their names. Yeah. And, um, leaked for Modern Warfare 2 and COD 2024. A lot of weapons, perks, equipment. Um, there was like thumbnail images for the new operators, which I, as I understand it, are like kind of classes. For these games at this point or at least warzone i don't yeah. actually know how it works it's <laughs> yeah yeah just look these, these things up ahead of time but um yeah so and also maps vehicles and mission descriptions for dmz this mm. is the fourth mode for modern warfare 2 which yeah. is set to come out after it releases this year so in the first quarter next year um a lot of this stuff is someone who doesn't follow cod all that closely and doesn't mm. play it and hasn't played it for a long time is is a lot of um you know weapon names that i have no attachment to or opinion of so it's not you know yeah uh not really like not when, much insight yeah. into the games themselves yeah no you're no you that's, that's fair man like like if if you're into warzone you're definitely into it like i feel like the the, the narrative has been that um the last great call of duty game that wasn't warzone was modern warfare and kind of like ironically or or like kind of coincidentally it also was the game that was the launching pad and the basis of call of duty warzone which has just become its own beast and kind of overtaken the the main call of duty multiplayer mode as the the go-to call of duty experience obviously huge part of the fact uh huge part of that is the fact that it's free to play and on multiple you know consoles as well so that that's definitely a huge thing there but it seems like with call of duty modern warfare 2 being a, you know um like coming out this year it kind of makes sense that um this is also going to be the basis for the next warzone because i think that's like the the same same develop like raven software took over development of modern warfare sorry of warzone um but i think it was infinity ward that made like kind of like modern warfare and on the engine that you know uh warzone is working off so it makes sense that they've got enough they, they're doing an iteration improving things for modern warfare 2 so warzone running on that engine would also get those benefits which is um mm. yeah i mean at this point like call of duty should just be like a service like the fact that it's still a boxed release and and all that like yeah, I don't know. It, it's it seems like a a relic of a different age. Yeah, kind of. I feel like it's a bit like a Marvel movie. You just put in money every so often, and you get like a big chunk a of thing, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then you have a period until you don't, and then yeah, yeah. Well, um, ah, oh, I do want to. I would want to say something. Oh yeah, that's right. It's like the only thing I really heard about COD in the last year or two is just how gigantic Warzone is in terms of oh, data yep. and how much it's like, cause you said like take over Monofa. It's like, yeah, dude, it's it, like it literally. gigs and you can't play it anymore. Cause like, it's to the point where it's like, I think Modern Warfare like proper is like unplayable from what I heard. Like it's like, it's really, it's very buggy. And I think part of that is like being attached to Warzone at the hip. 
kind of thing, that kind of stuff. Like, it's a lot of problems. Yeah, because, like, to play Warzone, you had to download all of the assets from Call of Duty Modern Warfare. So it's like, (laughs) I think they they tried to optimize it a bit better, but the other way as well. Yeah. Where it's like, if you want to, like, if you want to play Modern Warfare, you got to get all the baggage. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's my understanding of it. It's, It's like, um, it's like when you have a sibling and you want to go somewhere and your parents are like, oh, but you have to take your brother or your sister with you. And you're like, man. <laughs> but I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> that butchered <laughs> analogy. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's not much else. Like, I don't know. We're, we're not the biggest Call of Duty fan. So maybe if Jake or someone who's played it in a while. Like, I haven't played Warzone in, like, two years, so I couldn't really speak to it. I'd, I'd never really got into it. It never felt as good to shoot and play something like um, like Apex Legends. It, it just seemed very complex. There were a lot of things happening, and nothing's explained. Right. It's just very annoying. Like, if... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, Maybe so. this time next week, I'm like, I'll be, like, fully knee-deep in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, who knows? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you know, let's uh, let's move on to some more news, and this time we're going to talk about uh, some news affecting the uh, like the game development side of things. And the the first news story is that uh, Unity, the I guess once I guess the if if Unreal Engine was Goliath, then this was pretty much the David. Like this was always uh, a Unity technology made the Unity game engine, which which kind of presents like for. I guess for the longest time it was kind of seen as like the the indie alternative to a major mainstream game engine but apparently according to a uh, a new uh, report from Kotaku the studio uh, sorry the the company has ballooned to more than uh 3,000 employees. So, according to uh Kotaku's latest reporting, sources close to the situation have uh, said that the company has uh, uh, let laid off roughly 300 to 400 people, um, and that layoffs are still ongoing. So this this came um, this came about uh, at the end of last week, and um, according to the the company's IPO filing in 2020, it hired approximately three 3,300 people. Um, uh, but if you if we Looking at um, I guess LinkedIn and Glassdoor, which are kind of like more up to date, if if unofficial um, resources, that number is more than five thousand at the moment. So, on the lower side, if if they've got thirty three hundred people, four hundred people of that is like you know fifteen percent, I think. But if if they're if they're at five thousand people, then you'd be looking more at like under ten percent. Either way, that's a lot of people who've been let go. Um, but the good thing is that um. Unity has agreed, well, this is all still um, alleged, is that Unity has agreed to pay those who have been affected by the layoffs uh, for a further month and that, uh, and they're offering to pay a further month of uh, severance and uh, access to the Cobra health uh, insurance or health packages that they had. Um, Interestingly, um, people who have been let go uh, can also apply for jobs somewhere else in the company however the catch seems to be that the company's also announced that it's freezing like it's it's it put a halt on hiring for the time being so it's like 
yes, you can apply internally, but not right now because we're not hiring. It's like a very weird situation. Now, I think the thing that really makes this worse is that a couple of weeks ago at a at an all-hands meeting with um, roughly, uh, according to Kotaku anyway, roughly 3,000 full-time employees, uh, he actually said that, um, uh, you know, employees should not be worried about um, layoffs and that they wouldn't be laying anyone off. <laughs> but that was that was just two weeks ago. And look what's happened. You know, that's that's kind of scary. The the in in an official statement to uh, protocol, uh, Unity said that um, its layoffs would would affect quote slightly more than two hundred people. So even Unity is like kind of downplaying the numbers for um, for the layoffs there. Part of the part of the the speculation and and this has been this is what's been put forth by some of the the sources that Kotaku has quoted is that. <laughs> They've described the the management situation there as a quote shit show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's funny to use that term, but it's kind of sad if you think of the greater context. Um, you know, talking about you know attrition when it comes to moving, um, attrition uh, as in like you know conflicts between staff and management, allegedly uh, mismanagement, uh, strategic. I guess the word uses strategic pivots at a rapid, unpredictable rate. That's what's used in the article. So, which makes sense given the fact that, you know, the company acquired Weta Digital, which is, you know, famously the, the studio behind the Lord of the Rings films and Avatar does a lot of digital effects work. Um, if you're an Australian, you probably remember the It's a Big Ad, Carlton Draft ad from the mid-2000s. That was a huge hit. That was also done by Weta Digital. So that company was acquired for 1.6 billion US dollars last year. And then Unity also acquired uh, Parsec, which is a popular uh, like cloud-based video streaming platform um, that is more primarily focused on low-latency video game streams. Um, and, the, and the company, and Weta purchased, not, sorry, not Weta, Unity purchased them for... Uh, over just over 320 million US dollars. So a lot of money's been spent over the past year and a half. Like we're talking like almost 1.5 billion dollars. So maybe maybe the company's stretched a bit thin um when it comes to it's it's like financial resources there. What, what what do you think? What do you think about this situation, John? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of a bummer. It's like you don't hear much about Unity anymore. I think like yeah. I'm, I know they're still active and comp developers still use them, but it's like I don't know it's like they were such a big thing ten years ago. Huge, huge and then, man, and they're still obviously very relevant. Yeah, just less relevant, and it's just like I don't know. I hope I don't know. I hope they don't turn out like you know. I hope nothing like bad happens to the company itself. So there's like still alternatives. Like yeah. I'm sure it's still okay. Like it's. I don't know, we'll see. For yeah. some reason, I keep attaching stuff like this to crypto lately. It's all <laughs> I keep hearing about with crypto like yeah. falling apart. So it's like, uh, but, you know, obviously very well, different. Well, well, that's the thing. I think if we can speculate for a second, I mean, you talk about crypto, but I think what it does is that what, we, what we've seen over the past, like over the pandemic is... Um, there's just like a lot of money that just appeared out of nowhere, seemingly. A lot of companies getting valued very, like, very highly... A lot of like you know we had the crypto boom last year, if not the year before, and then maybe at the height of all that, your company's valued at 
you know, let's say at an at an artificially inflated amount, you know, acquiring a company for one point six billion may not seem like such a bad idea when you yourself are valued higher. So, I think maybe it's like a like the market c- correction happening as part of the crypto boom. Maybe people are wising up to the fact that oh, we're actually spending a lot of money on companies. We're not getting a lot of returns. So maybe the people backing Unity, you know are a bit more kind of speculative now and that's kind of bite them in the butt (laughs) you know you it's it's like you've committed to something when you're in a good position but then when it comes to pay for it you're in the bad position and you kind of have to you know tighten up the purse strings to make things work and unfortunately it tends to be seen that like you know people are the highest expense at companies right um which is yeah it's like as much as crypto in general is just broadly awful, I would like to think that one benefit of it is caution for a while. <laughs> and it's like, I shouldn't throw money at these things quite so easily, especially, you know, especially when I've just dumped it into this money pit of yeah. environmental harm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I guess yeah, I could, but, yeah. no, it's like, I agree though. It's like, I mm. do think, yeah, it's like market, what was that like market adjustment yeah like that correction that was kind of overdue yeah Um, Yeah. but uh according to the sources the um like while the layoffs have been kind of spread out throughout a lot of departments within the company uh, apparently um there's been more layoffs within the ai and engineering departments which um which is interesting because like those are like the research and development departments that'll you know, make sure that things are running well, <laughs> uh, and yeah. that new things are going to come to the, um, you know, to the to the to the engine in the future. So, this might be like a problem in the future as well, because as we've seen, you know, like, I mean, Unity was one of the first engines to be used, I think, in like visual effects and um, like a lot of independent games, and then kind of Epic Games wised up to it, and now like Unreal Engine is like really easy to get, well reportedly easy to get into there's good revenue share there and you know like the star wars shows and stuff are made using unreal engine assets and 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 technology so like if unity has lost kind of the 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 market share in some of these like kind of areas where it was finding a niche and also uh losing like key research and development talent like this might be a problem in the future as well and that's not going to be good for the rest of like the 30,000 people in the team yeah it's like unity targeted its like long-term growth mm. or you know potential long-term growth yeah in like ar ai and engineering yeah so i imagine ai has to do with well i mean it's I don't know, actually. <laughs> I, I, like, I started to speculate. It's like, oh, wait, I don't know anything about this. But it's just like, it, you know, like it really does. I don't know. That sounds like the core techno- like core parts of your technology development. Yeah. I'm not sure how AI 100%. necessarily relates yeah. aside from just game development. But yeah. It's, um, uh, mm. yeah. Yeah. Still. Like it's, though I will say I didn't know Unity was so big. It makes sense that they are. <laughs> like I would kind of, but it's like I did, I did <laughs> yeah. not know that. Well, it's because we, um, it's because like when we started covering the industry like 10 years ago, um, Unity was the underdog, was the small alternative thing. And there wasn't like Unity was kind of talked about 
It's like, oh, that's the indie engine. That's like, the, you, you're an indie developer. Use Unity, you know. Oh, this is a Unity game. That was just like a term. Um, but now it's like, I don't really, you're right. We don't really hear Unity as much as we hear Unreal Engine now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's, at, at the very least, it's like, and maybe it's just among gamers and maybe it's not true as developers as much, but it's got like mm. kind of a bit of a reputation of being like, you know, performing poorly at scale, you know, yeah. like on at, especially with like there's like lots of games that really suffer under the load even with mm. like relatively simple looking stuff i think it just doesn't especially on the switch like, evolve I think. over the years yeah yeah but, but i think um, but it's like, you know yeah. it's like even like lots of games on like ps4 and stuff it's yeah like, yeah suffer there's a limit it's just, it's just underpowered enough or something i'm not sure but yeah yeah anyway as you can tell we are game development experts <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, you know, re- really feel for anyone who's been affected by this. But the great thing is, um, you know, whenever there've been layoffs like this, it's it's great to see like the kind of the studios around, you know, posting about, hey, we're hiring, send your resume here, people helping each other out. Like for all we for all the shit we talk about the gaming <laughs> community, uh, like it seems like the game development community might actually be a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, it's besides like- management, apparently, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, if there's anything, any yeah. upside to this, a lot of these layoffs, like, you know, news like this is that game development positions are, like, more in demand than ever. Yeah. I th- I'm pretty sure. Like, there's, like, you know, just a lot of people burning out. There's always room for more, and game development is just getting bigger and bigger. So, it's yeah. just, like, yeah. they're not going to have much trouble finding a job. No. At least. No. So, yeah. No. But yeah, um, let's, let's move on to the next piece of uh, game development news. So, Bandai Namco... Uh, formerly Bandai Namco, then Namco Bandai, back to Bandai Namco. Um, it, the the kind of like the the mega publisher behind Tekken, uh, uh, like uh, oh, I'm blanking out. You know, Pac Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, um, Ace Combat and a few other uh, kind of companies. So uh, essentially, uh, Bandai Namco has announced that it is cr- uh, formed a partnership with. Uh, with uh, ILCA, which uh, folks might know as the developer of the recent Pokemon uh, Diamond and Pearl remakes uh, on the Nintendo Switch. So uh, this is going to be a new company, which is going to be called Bandai Namco Aces, uh, which is going to be headquartered in Tokyo. And essentially, it's going to be a collaboration with the existing uh, Ace Combat developer, Project Aces, and, uh, you know the i guess the 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 great thing about this is that um it's more of a collaboration effort to to aid and make the the future ace combat games even better um i'm i've actually been enjoying ace combat 7 which I might talk about later i finally finished that bloody mission that had me stuck for like six or seven oh. tries so which is good um and uh i guess uh, the the main thing to know about this is that uh it's going to be tackling, uh, quote, next generation projects using Unreal Engine 5, end quote. So, uh, makes sense. Uh, Ace Combat 7, very well regarded, uh, runs on Unreal Engine 4. So, you know, it, like, it kind of makes sense. You've got a company that's uh, done well working with other people's assets on the, uh, a, I guess, objectively underpowered system at this stage, the Nintendo Switch. Um, you know, kind of bringing that expertise over with a powerful engine and a really beloved series, like that could be a recipe for um, like a, a good a good outcome. So 
that's that's good to see that there's some growth in some parts of the uh, of the industry, even if it is more localized yeah. to Japan. <laughs> um, the the next piece of uh, positive news is that uh, one of the writers of uh, the most recent like Marvel game, so uh, what is it? Uh, Mary Demal, who served as uh, the uh, one of the writers on Idos Montreal's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as uh, Idos's um, most recent Deus Ex kind of pseudo prequels, or I guess direct prequels to the original Deus Ex games. So she has joined Bioware and is uh, working on uh, the Ma- the new Mass Effect uh, project as the senior narrative director. Um, which is going to be, um, I think, great because, like, I personally love Mass Effect, and there've been a lot of um, uh, there's been a lot of kind of positive reception to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's um, mm. the game, I mean, sorry. So it, it's kind of like a good match to see, you know, strong narrative pedigree moving over to a game series that, I guess, the most recent game was lacking that strong narrative hook. I mean, yeah. besides not running very well but yes <laughs> the, the strong narrative was definitely missing there so it's, it's a good yeah, development nice to have a game that's not one not based around colonization and two oh yeah um, <laughs> but it also made me think that it's yeah. like um mass effect like it either makes you think one she's replacing someone important who's left recently <laughs> or two this game is even further away than i thought <laughs> yeah yeah because like yeah. um Dragon Age Dreadwolf, I think, is going to happen before. Right. Yeah, it's that makes that, sense. And I think, that's still a yeah. little bit away, too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense, actually. I forgot. Still. Which is um, which is good. Um, yeah, that's 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 great news. Um, congratulations. The next uh, piece of news comes from another part of the EA sphere, and that is uh, EA's uh, Seattle studio, which it uh, set up last year, I believe, has started hiring for... <sighs> For the single-player campaign of the next Battlefield game. Um, and this new studio, quote, is looking to create rich, exciting stories with memorable characters and powerful experiences all in the Battlefield universe. I mean, if, if there's anything <laughs> if there's anything Battlefield is known for, it is for its, re- its rich narrative and, and deep lore like let's let's be honest here i mean the problem with battlefield 2042 was it was nothing to do with the gameplay the shoddy net code the uh, the bugs the lack of clear um class designations it was nothing to do with that it was all about the lack of single player i mean uh, hopefully <laughs> we I, all hated yeah. that part <laughs> yeah i know right um hopefully my sarcasm came through clearly on the recording but yeah it's a it's a really like it it is annoying like it is a reality of game development that you know games like as soon as one game's released like production ramps up on the next game but it's just kind of saddened that like yeah he's already talking about the next battlefield when the current one is doing so poorly both critically and from a player's point of view like there's no one yeah <laughs> like there there was there was like rumors of like people saying that they couldn't even like when season 1 launched you know, season one of a game that's like almost a year old launched a few, uh, like earlier this, um, like sorry, late in June. Some people were unable to get into the game and, and things like that. So it seems like there are some other priorities that need to be, you know, uh, fixed first before a single player. Um, it's 
the hiring is for a design director. I'm not really going to get much into it because I'm just bummed out by this whole kind of uh, affair because I, I really love... Uh, uh, Battlefield 4 is one of my favourite games of all time and it's really, really annoying. Um, that it's, it's really, really disappointing and really, really disheartening to, to see EA, I guess, kind of abandoning Battlefield 2042. I mean, I think the only way EA could make it make good is like if if people who like pre-ordered or or bought like say battlefield 2042 within say like the first six months like they get the next battlefield for free or they get like half you know you know what i mean or it's Mm. like that's the only way i can really think of it being like made good in the long term yeah it's like yeah i know it'd be nice if they just fixed it but i guess it's like not really enough like, because I, I understand that there's like been improvements over time. Yeah, definitely. Don't seem to have been really brought definitely. people back in any real way. Yeah, en- en- enough, I guess. <laughs> like there are just aren't enough people being brought back. Yeah, but it's like you know, because I see it like every so often, I'll check the like Amazon bestsellers list on video games mm. to see if there's any deal. You know, because that's I don't know. That's the way I've found to like find cheap price for certain things. And yeah. Battlefield 2042 has been there pretty consistently for like 15 bucks <laughs> for like the next gen versions. Yeah. So and, like, and it, yeah, no. it's like, and it moved into like EA plays. Um, I think they call it the vault, like the, the free right. game, like the games included with the subscription. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think it moved into like, like within a few months, like within three months or something of, of its original release, which is pretty damning. If you kind of think yeah. about it. Um, yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know. The only thing, I wouldn't be against it if the idea is to kind of recapture bad companies yeah campaigns a bit because i know every every time that i see talk about it i always see people kind of saying oh it wasn't quite as good as you think it might have been yeah and i like i haven't played it in ages either and it's just but it's like oh like i'd rather they try to go for something kind of memorable and interesting because they say you know like the quote says rich exciting stories with memorable characters um, and it's just like, oh, Battle Company was kind of like that. Yeah, like there was <laughs> the, yeah, there was the African American side, like you know, kind of leader character who's like one day away from retirement, you know, kind of that trope. Then you had kind of like the Southern Hick, and then you had like the geeky uh, computer guy, and then your player character, who I think was like silent throughout most of the first game. I didn't play the first game because it was only on consoles, so I only played Battlefield Com- Bad Company two. And it it was it was okay. Like I remember it. Like there was obviously like you know the whole thing about it was like kind of the the banter between the the people there, and it, and it but it, it just played a lot like a COD campaign, so it, it didn't really like, halt. Like the multiplayer is what stood out to me. That was the game changer. For yeah, me. definitely. But it's just like yeah. what I I don't know. Maybe I remember the first game being more open, and the second game was probably less more open, linear. Like yeah, but what that I kind of remember about it, and like what the Battlefield games got really like completely different at you know because they just ended up chasing cods overall style <laughs> yeah, and structure yeah. just with, even with like less hollywood flair you know it just kind of came more serious and dreary as i understand i i really didn't touch them much <laughs> at all but it's that's that's like every I've, every time i hear about how battlefield band campaigns are bad it's always like that's the image i have in my yeah. head of what they are it's just very handholdy not much anyway my understanding like how i remember the bad company ones though is like it's almost like a halo level where it's like kind of more <laughs> open a little more like you know yeah. a little more like emergent gameplay yeah there's a lot more destructive there's like there's more destruction in those like that version i think that was like the first iteration of frostbite i think that was like the big thing as well 
in like mm. 2005, 2000, because it was like a PS3, Xbox 360 game. So I think it was like 2007 or 2008 is when it came out and it was like a big change back then. And then 2010 was like Battlefield Bad Company 2, which took it to another level. And then like it all got paired back with uh, Battlefield 3 and onwards, like in terms of like the, the emergent gameplay and, and things like that. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Like the, yeah. Like I feel like those those campaigns had a pretty good handle on what makes Battlefield special in terms of trying to turn it into a single player thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like just do that again, please. It's like it's just that's all I want, really. Yeah. Like that's what would interest me if you're mm. gonna try and sell me a single player campaign after like five terrible ones. It's like all I know yeah. about the five last last few is, is that they're bad. So yeah. or at least not good enough to pay money for that much money. You, you know? know what? Like it's People want Bad Company 3, so just give them Bad Company 3. Give them the single player from Bad Company 3. Give them the next next generation of destructibility from Battlefield Bad Company 2. And then make the classes clear. And I think you'll have a recipe for success. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Again, please. Like, yeah, you know, like... So you yeah. didn't do it with this one, so just do it again. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's enough for Battlefield. I'm going to start crying if we talk anymore. Um, the next uh, next piece of news is uh, coming from the folks over at Sucker Punch. So uh, I guess, <laughs> annoyingly, it seems like um, there's been some kind of like rumors circulating over the past month. Um, I think these rumors started uh, back in May and, and also in March. Uh, there was a news outlet that posted rumors of a new infamous game being at the works, uh, being um, uh, being being worked on at uh, Sucker Punch Productions, which folks probably more recently know of as a studio behind Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but I guess uh, now in that blog post, Sucker Punch has had to come out and actually lay these uh, these rumors to rest and say, "No, we are not." <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> It's like that's like my paraphrasing here, but uh, essentially, um, so like the Sly Cooper trilogy was kind of a beloved um, kind of fran- like a trio of games on the PS2, uh, and then kind of informed the infamous games on PS3 um, and and PS4 as well. So like th- those games are kind of very well like beloved in in a weird way. Um, I never got to play the Sly Cooper games. I got to play a little bit of Infamous One, and it was. It was okay. It was. I just remember it being very um jaggy because like the resolution was so low on the PS3. But that was. I think that was just everything on that console. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So here's the here's the official statement. Um. Quote: Without focus on our current project, we have no plans to revisit Infamous or Sly Cooper right now, and no other studio is currently working on projects related to those franchises either. So yes, please. Um. Stop bugging them. <laughs> it's it's not happening. You you can rest. You can you can you can let that go like, now. I've I've played the first Sly Cooper, and I I didn't end up like I think I t- started the second and didn't get back to it. No, the second one anyway. It doesn't matter. I don't have much experience with that one. I've played all the Infamous games, except for the Vampire expansion, which I still really want to play. So I'd really like if they remastered the Infamous games because mm. I'm very like I'd like I, I'm sure you're right in that they like probably don't hold up great. I, I think there's like a lot more room in that series. Yeah. And they ended up really like, I don't know, just get another team on it and do something cool with it. Like, cause it just seems, I don't know. The, 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 
lack of superhero properties in games is weird <laughs> considering how big a deal that is today and for the last decade i mean like, you'd think there'd be more but they're like it's I mean, very much marvel games and not much else i mean you say that but then we've got two dc games like you've got gotham knights the what is it gotham knights you've got um the kill the justice league kind of is it that's yeah. that's the other one and then we've got wolverine we've got you know avengers happening at the moment we've got the spider-man games and then i guess like so it's like there are superhero games but a they're not very good <laughs> they haven't come out in a while and they're pretty much playstation games <laughs> um yeah but nothing well, original like superhero there, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. yeah you're right there are more but it's like it always feels yeah and then there's that other cool one by XCOM devs <laughs> i actually forgot about that one. but um there's i don't oh, know yeah it's like yeah, yeah yeah i guess it was more of a deal like five years ago when there yeah. were less but, yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah like, the I'm ultimate still... alliance yeah no that's true you're right yeah it's just like because i like this is definitely like an old thought i'm kind of dredging back up as well knowing that i'm yeah, yeah i'm still a bit wrong though. especially it's like given you think be more... oh sorry given. no i'll just say especially given um how huge like superhero superheroes have become in popular culture like that there aren't more games dedicated to them but yeah sorry yeah, man, like, you were saying yeah you think there'll be more original ones where it yeah. just seems i don't know maybe infamous just didn't make that kind of money though but it's like maybe, um, maybe. But I always like I like that series, and I would have liked a lot more from it personally. Mm, but mm. it's um, oh, I think that was my only point though. Actually, <laughs> you can keep going. Yeah. Um. Well, I think that's going to do it for that. Uh, that section of kind of the 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 movements in the game development scene. How about you take it over to um, like a like a a sad um a, a sad story, but one that has a positive message um as well um and that's yeah coming from the world of minecraft yeah um so the youtube streamer technoblade um has passed away at age 23 after a battle of cancer um he specifically had the um sarcoma um it's a form of cancer that's very rare in adults but accounts for about 20 percent of childhood cancers so he he made a video, he released a video last year in August um, saying, titled Where I've Been. This is when he kind of explained that he had stage four cancer. Um, it kind of went through the effects of it and just, yeah, basically explained his whole situation and passed away very recently from that cancer. So um, Technical Blades, um, his, only, his real name was only known to be Alex. He left mm. a final statement for his audience that his father read in the video. Um, a quote from it, he's like from the message. There was a quote that said, "Thank you all for supporting my content over the years. If I had another hundred lives, I think I would choose to be technical later again every single time, as those were the happiest years of my life." So his merch store will remain open and be run by his family. A portion of the profits from this merch store will be going to CureSarcoma.org, which is dedicated to fighting cancer. Um, you know, this specific type of cancer, sarcoma, and um. Yeah, so uh, like he's mainly known for streaming on you or like his content on YouTube. He's a very big part of the server Hypixel of Minecraft. Uh, made content on the popular Dream SMP server, and yeah, so very much you know, Minecraft's server with a very prominent role in his community and the Minecraft as a whole for people who followed that you know world of streaming and content creation. And yeah, just a very 
sad story that we've been a lot of, I guess, but we mm. don't. This is a really, yeah. yeah. It's like, like it's it's never um, it's never great news to hear that you know anyone you know whether it's a celebrity or someone close to you is um suffering from cancer, especially stage four. Like I th- I'm pretty sure that's like kind of like f- really late stages of cancer, um, and yeah, it's yeah. I guess the prognosis or like kind of the the chances of survival from that stage are pretty pretty slim. And unfortunately, he um like Alex lost his his battle. But you know what? Um, I guess like a little bit of positivity coming from it is like people coming together and um kind of getting behind and off showing their support and their gratitude and sharing stories about you know their times with with Alex and and his family keeping his store up and and making sure that donations are continuing to go to fight for, uh, to find a cure and I guess yeah there's um yeah you know thoughts are with the family and and everyone who's who was close to him and uh you know uh, we hope that you know everyone if you're if you're a fan of Minecraft or you know, if you just want to support a great cause, please do consider donating to CureSarcoma.org and, yeah, showing your support in, in any way. Every, every bit helps. Um, that's that's all we can... That's all real, what we can really ask for there. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's going to do it for the news for this week. Let's uh, move over to the chit-chat and we've got a, a couple of uh, couple of cool things to talk about. So let's, uh, let's take a quick break. So, excuse me, excuse me, please don't mind me as I stall for time. Um. So, uh, John, mm. a little show called Stranger Things just uh, concluded its fourth season over the weekend. Um, I presume that you've seen it. Yeah, I'm not even a huge fan of it. I just, <laughs> I, for some reason, Stranger Things draws me in more than other stuff in terms of like just watching right away. Because I, I guess because I know what I expect, you know, what I'm going to get. It's like I'm going to get a pretty good genre show that looks very pretty and is generally satisfying yeah so, <laughs> i think that's why i tend to do it anyway and it's like i spent four hours almost right away watching the last two episodes which is a yeah um yeah what do you think of it like did you watch all of it yeah uh yeah, yeah we kind of like just binged it um first of all my wife and i agree that we loved we loved uh this season the, i think this is like has been our most favorite season of the show, um, okay. of the uh, entire like run, I guess, of the series, um, which uh, I know may not be the most popular opinion, but we really, really enjoyed it. Uh, it was just a lot of fun, and we we thought we loved the. Um, I, I think it was it was kind of gripping from the beginning, and, and it was cool seeing how, like Stranger Things, I think always does this really well, and that's um doing the thing with the parallel stories and I think with this one here like there's a lot more like physical geographical separation between the stories and like you know um with with uh 
like Nancy, Steve, and 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 like some of the kids, you know, dealing with Vecna here in in um Hawk and Harkins, <laughs> and then you know uh uh L and like Mike and everyone trying to like figure things out in California and Nevada, um, and then you've got like what's the mum's name? I always forget the mum's name. The um like Will's mum's name. Like the Winona Ryder character. Um I don't remember now. I, I read it earlier too. Yeah, like, yeah. I always forget her name, but she's she's always um like she's always like a really sometimes a really crappy mum. <laughs> just like leaving her kids and just like going on this like Antipodian adventure to to Russia to rescue someone who may or may not be alive. So it, it was kind of cool seeing like the different stories, like, you know, the, the prison story, um, the mom like story. Joyce. Joyce, that's right. Joyce Wheeler's story. And like, it was really cool seeing all the different pieces and, and all the misunderstandings and, and things like that. Uh, like, like going from season three to four, what were you kind of expecting? Um, Actually, I was kind of in a similar wheelhouse where I was like, when I watched through season to season three, like last year, I think, because yep. I ended up leaving it for a while. Yeah. And then I kind of suddenly went, I don't know when, but like I suddenly, it's like, oh, I kind of feel like watching Strange Things. So I watched through like, you know, from the first season to the three. Just yeah. Because I guess I had the time. I don't know. I always yeah. Do. Yeah. But like, um, yeah. And it's like, I ended up enjoying each season more, which I'm not sure how popular that opinion is either. But it's like, yeah. I, find, I really liked the last season, basically more than that like i kind of i didn't get a ton from the first season originally compared yeah. to a lot of people i think just because it was very basic and it was very nostalgia heavy yeah and i yeah. feel like as it kind of expanded on its like core concepts and its characters I, I kind of enjoyed it more yeah um i will say i did like this season i have a lot of problems with it though personally <laughs> but yeah um yeah i did enjoy it like it's still kind of i don't know I like I, I like I did like a lot of it though, but I think by the end of it, especially as I've like stewed on it, yeah, like it like and this includes like not just the last two episodes, but the whole you know when the like the most of the season came out like a month ago, yeah, it, like it feels like there's a there was a lot of table setting, yeah, and plate spinning, <laughs> yeah, at once. It feels like this, especially for like a, a season of this show, it feels like a lot of it was dedicated to putting people into place and finding things to do. Yeah. Like, you know, like, cause you know, like Will and um, whatever the other guy's name is, like Elle's boyfriend. Mike. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, they barely had anything to do for like almost the entire season. Like they were just there. For to, this one. Yeah. For Elle to get a ride back. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that was like their entire role, and like they, the show, it really felt like the show struggled to find something, something for them. them. Yeah, aside from a few good moments, like, it's like it's like yeah. it's still entertaining. And it's still worth watching. I I, I know I, I I still enjoyed it. Is I, better way to say it. I, I, it's like, yeah. but, it, but it's like the Russia stuff is a lot like that too. And I can see, I can kind of see where it's going now. But it's like that one, the Russia. I was surprised at how the Russia angle lasted so long. Like yeah. the entire season, I was, I was like, I remember them get like Joyce getting to Russia, and it's like, okay, now it's gonna, now they're gonna get back to Hawkins, and then it kind of, you know, yeah. they just stay there for a while. That, that's it's, that's how the other seasons were. Like the adults were in the like the final fight and like the final parts of the season earlier than this. Like they yeah. weren't even in the fight at this point <laughs> in this thing. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like I don't, I don't even really mind that. It's, yeah. I think it's more like that that one and the Mike and Will story. Like it just didn't 
their parts didn't feed into the larger story in a very satisfying way. No. Nah. Just not much at all. And yeah. It's like, I was thinking, it's I like, agree. man, why are they spending so much time in Russia when they're not really like, <laughs> I get that they're experimenting on, and like, I get, I kind of, the last two episodes fill in the blanks a little bit. Yeah. The, the Russia what they're stuff, doing. I think. Yeah. But it's like, it's, it feels so like, it doesn't feel nearly as related to the main plot as it probably needed to be. Yeah. But it's, I don't know. I, I didn't have much problem with it. It's kind of nice to have side stories sometimes in a show like this. Yeah. You don't have to have everything feed directly into it. It's just like this season's really long too. So you really kind of feel mm. it. And like, I didn't feel, I didn't actually feel that long. Like, it's very well paced, personally. I yeah. So. Um, like, it, it was kind of gripping. Um, but definitely, I agree where it was like, like even the even the L flashback stuff was kind of like getting on, um, yeah. Uh, um, but, um, it was a bit confusing at the beginning, like trying to figure out what the order of like the timeline. But then it kind of like eventually it kind of makes sense, like why everything was kind of presented in that order. But yeah, the the def like the compelling part, the most compelling part was definitely, I think the the stuff happening in Hawkins. I think I mean for me anyway. Uh, like you know yeah. the development of I guess like this is probably the season where I realized that Steve actually is a kind of a cool character I don't know why I think in season one he's really portrayed as a dick and then I think from season two he actually has been a bit more cooperative and like useful but I just in my head just never clicked until now uh, or, I don't know maybe that's just like maybe just because they focused more on him this season and his development um, yeah Oh, yeah. I will say though, one thing I'm, depending on how they resolve it, will depending on how like I end up liking it, I think. Mm. But it's um, I really don't love the idea of bringing Nancy and him back together as a couple. Yeah, I like I really hope the resolution of that is we've all grown up and now we're going in separate directions. Yeah, especially with like Steve, it's like his whole thing should be finding independence. Yeah, not I really like my old girlfriend still. <laughs> so we should be back yeah. together you know like that shouldn't be the like yeah. i hope that's not the end of it but it feels like it might be because it's stranger things and it's kind of very entrenched in like you know formulaic yeah 80 style storytelling exactly like in those kind of resolutions so it's like I, i'm kind of expecting it but i hope they kind of go the other direction yeah like that, yeah but it's like that's i don't know that's like because that's like you know a big thread of this season you know yeah because that was the that was the i guess the twist at the end of like the second half of last season was the fact that Robin is lesbian and, and Steve's been chasing her the whole time, not realizing that. Um, so that was kind of cool. And then their friendship, their kind of platonic codependent friendship. Like, I, I don't know if they lived together. I don't actually know the whole situation with them. It was kind of weird, but um, I think it was kind of cool, uh, like him being supportive and stuff, especially like um, you, you wouldn't have expected it like from like a season one steve definitely wouldn't have been there but um yeah yeah but like uh, yeah mike uh, mike and will's thing like will was probably the like will did most of the heavy lifting on that side of the plot let's be honest and he had so little like i was yeah. like i kept thinking where it's like they make it very clear oh i mean maybe it was just i don't know maybe i'm wrong but to me it was very clear that his whole thing is like oh okay he's gay i think he's, yeah he's like you know and like it, it, they keep having these things where he keeps looking sad at will yeah and then not doing much else or having much else yeah and i was realizing i was realizing at the start of the eighth episode where it's like oh i see he's gonna be the 
big part of the next season, I think. That's the thing, right? And then it kind of confirms at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where it's like, but it's like, like I was thinking, it's like, man, they just he has these like moving performances, yeah, based on so little. And I was like, Dude. I was just thinking throughout, it's like, man, they never gave Will anything. Yeah, like um, like in season one, he's missing for most of it. He's kind of the damsel in distress. In season two, he's the one again, the damsel in distress. Let's not forget, because remember he had all the tingly things and. Hit, like the mind flare was kind of coming into this world. Season three, like he didn't really have much, yeah, at really all. <laughs> and then and now, now he's got a bad haircut. And now he's just now he's like, I've got a bowl cut. I wear, <laughs> I wear long sleeve t shirts underneath a long sleeve flannel shirt for some reason. Um, <laughs> but like his his story seems to be very tragic. Like I I felt really bad for him. Like you know that yeah, kind of that's unrequited like, that's love. Thing where it's like I, yeah, but it's like I don't like the idea of. Like, I'm not gay myself, so maybe it's out of line. But it's like, it really feels like they just kind of like, oh, we need something interesting for Will. Why don't we give him the tragic gay character who's yeah. closeted and can't help but, you know, feel pain over it? Like, yeah. it's like, I get it's like in the 80s, that's the time when that would happen. Yeah. But it's it, like, I understand the way that he, but it just feels like such a cheap way to give him significance but when you uh, yeah. gave him so little previously but i think we he, that thread has been there since season one i think that you closeness probably, with, yeah, with mike and noticed. yeah like that that's why like i i don't actually f- i guess for me like I'm, I'm not gay either but i think i i i think i obviously i don't know about you but you know being on the other side of someone who has like you know like someone or whatever and then not have that reciprocated i think um i like kind of maybe that resonated with me and that and then the 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 extra layer of the fact that you know he's in a time where he can't be himself you know he can't declare his love in the way that he wants to and like that and and it kind of like now like looking back over you know how like mike i think it was season three you know when he didn't want to be do um Dungeons and Dragons anymore. Like he didn't want to be a wizard character. Like, remember, like that whole thing where they had the campaign. They didn't want to do that anymore because they were kind of moving on. Like Lucas had a girlfriend. He had a girlfriend and stuff. And um. Uh yeah, that was like kind of tragic. But like, obviously he's he's kind of a dick at the at the start of the show, especially with everything happening to L. Um, like I've, I was felt so bad for her. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like um. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know, I found those like early episodes hard to watch where they'll because like the really bad. Like, oh, this is bullying. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's very like mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very like very direct and blatant about the story it's telling with the bullying. Oh, like I mean, I like as in like yeah. the you know, it's like the, it's like oh, this is the scene. Like these are the bullying scenes I recognize. Yeah, this like crazy. this is the I'm stereotypical. Not to watching the rest of the scene yeah. happening. But do, do you think that was like that part was more like? Because the Duffer brothers have like frequently, apparently, like cited um, Stephen King's novels as an inspiration. Wasn't Carrie a, a, a like a Stephen King, like you know the yeah. Carrie story? Like I feel like that was kind of their tribute to Carrie. <laughs> I don't know in some weird yeah, way. Like it definitely was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially um, towards the end with the like Max's. And, and him, yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, true. Like nightmare, like the end part. Yeah. Like um, yeah, it's oh. Oh yeah, one thing I wanted to just, like finish off. Oh, I don't know. Like one thing, like one more thing I had was like my most petty complaint. Mm. I hate how Vecna looks. How I what? I Sorry. I hate his design so much. <laughs> I hate like, Vecna's design. Like it's the like, rubber it's so suit. Generic. 
like yeah. I, I don't like it at all it's like man it's like you just like i understand it's like a freddy krueger riff and i and like i kind of it kind of made more sense to me early on when i was thinking it's like oh maybe he's meant to be like a human evolution of the upside down in some way like, which that I, was my theory yeah. earlier and then it's like oh, okay he's not because like i kind of wanted to be a dude early on just like a serial killer because i thought that, that appeals more to me now yeah. he's like oh maybe he's so generic because he's just meant to be the upside down as a like evolved into no, a person. he's just like a and then he's not it's <laughs> like he's a narcissist so... i don't yeah, know he's, so he's got... yeah He's such a mundane monster to me. I, <laughs> he's so annoying to me. Like, like he's, he's like, creepier man, before they show him in detail, him. I think, maybe. Like, yeah, he just looks like a rejected Resident Evil, like, live-action film design. Is that what... Is that the vibe? Like, he's like yeah, a half-nemesis. Because <laughs> I was thinking of it towards the end as well, where it's like, don't these people... Don't shows usually design these cost things for, like, Halloween costumes? This one has nothing. It's just a big fleshy man with a long finger. Maybe that's like, easy. Maybe that's the easiest part. Maybe that's the easiest costume. I guess. And he's like you a... just cover yourself yeah. in mud. And he's sort of like, you know, those like... Those are king crabs or whatever, like where one hand is normal and the other one's like really big. That That's kind of... But I was, I was talking to people at work and one thing they pointed out was the fact that like, where the fuck are all the Demogorgons? <laughs> like... In Russia, I guess. Yeah, like the three Demogorgons that are left in the Upside Down apparently have traveled, were captured and sent to Russia. Like, I didn't really think about it too much because, like, I think the bat enemy was kind of cool. But I guess it makes sense. Like, the Demogorgons were such a huge threat in the first three, like, at least the first two seasons. Like, this is, um, yeah. Maybe maybe they've been cleared out of Hawkins after all their shenanigans. And, but they're in every other place in the world. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, if the Upside Down is, like, if it, if the geography of the Upside Down is the same as our real world, then it, then the Upside Down technically would be as big as the real world, right? So, I guess if the Demogorgons have been cleared out of um, Hawkins, then maybe there are more, but they're just not around this area. Yeah, uh, they're like yeah. an endangered species. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just misunderstood. They're, they're actually just... They're just trying to survive, but we're just killing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. 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 yeah. Like, um, I don't know, for me, in my head, like, you know when they uncovered the Demogorgon being kind of, like, being opened up and experimented on in the Russian prison? Oh, yeah. When he saw it on the table, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's the, like, the Demogorgon that, um, that Dustin raised? Maybe that's like a reference to that, oh, and yeah. I don't know, but it, it wasn't. That? I don't no, remember. That, uh, basically, well, there was a resolution where I think it was season two where, um, basically, because you know how the Demogorgon went with his friends, and then there's a scene where like um Dustin's cornered and and like they're cornered, and then there's a single Demogorgon that comes up on the group, and Dustin talks to it, and it's the one that he raised, so it kind of like lets them go. I think that was the resolution. Uh, right. So okay. I I just thought this would be like another reference. That'd be a really sad ending to that little red line. But yeah, you're yeah. wrong. Though. Yeah. But like it. you know what they like you know they save him and then um he recognizes Hopper and then they escape together. You know what I mean? Um, but I guess not. <laughs> it it just turned out um there was some shenanigans happened off screen, which they ran out of budget to show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. yeah like i feel like running out of budget on this show on this season feels like very likely considering how much money they spent <laughs> it's yeah. like i wonder what they cut when they included so much already 
photo. Yeah. Um, I guess like, uh, what did, what did you think about the whole um plot with uh Eddie Munson and like the you know the 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 hyper Christian boy band hunting him down? <laughs> I was. I was actually thinking towards the end where it's like, I would have loved if he was a character early on and you kind of saw him as like twisting, like in response to Hawkins being so frequently scary. <laughs> and like, Which one thinking, twisting? Um, the the Christian, like the, the, the team leader, the captain? Yeah, the leader. Yeah. I was thinking it's like, I like the idea of him being, you know, this kind of corrupted yeah, version of, you know, the high school jock like community leader yeah i like that i like that idea fine like i think other people like it less from what i i don't know i actually haven't been following commentary too much i read one review <laughs> and that review didn't say much like, oh, oh, they liked it much i was trying to like, f- oh. yeah i was trying to figure out how tall the like i was trying to figure out the age like what year they were in because he was very short for a high school like that basketball team was very short <laughs> for a high school <laughs> basketball team but maybe they're like grade eights and not like older i don't know yeah, it's like an average, low average height for Hawkins. Yeah. But it's like, um, yeah, it's like, I, I thought he was fine. Like, I yeah. didn't, I was kind of surprised I they killed yeah. him off suddenly. And it's like, <laughs> oh, okay. That was his whole thing. <laughs> like, literally, the lava splits him in half. That's the. Dumb. Yeah. yeah I, was like, I was thinking, it's like, whoa. It's, like, that's... <laughs> it's just melted. Like, that was like, it was just like a see like, not even like a send off. Like, he wasn't even like dramatically yeah. shot by the sister. That's what, like, did he get shot by her? That's what I was kind of thinking was like, um, you know how like um, they, they had the fight and he knocked the gun away and like they, they yeah. clearly showed the gun on the floor sliding away and I was thinking like the, the thing that's going to happen is like, you know, um, the sister, I forget her name, like, you know. I know who you're talking about. Though. Yeah. The, the, the kind of like the sassy cool sister, like, you know, like the, the sassy black woman, but a kid version like in this show like that's the trope that they're kind of gone for um but like she just like that she would come on the gun and shoot shoot the guy and he would kind of realize that you know what's happened is that he's become the monster but i don't think he really had that moment at all he, yeah it's like oh like he got suddenly killed off and it's like oh okay so that was his role in the show i guess no more <laughs> yeah and he, but, oh yeah, yeah i, I was yeah. oh, sorry, anyway. no, no i was just saying like he didn't get any redemption like he just went crazy and stayed crazy. He, there was no redemption. There was nothing for him. There was no realization. Yeah, like, I don't think yeah. I needed a redemption. Uh, like, because I like, I just liked him as like a symbol of what you know. Hawkins is like very much a of the ignorance. Yeah. Of like a m- small midwestern town coming mm. into modern ages through the eighties. Yeah. You know, because that's kind of what the mall was about as well. And it's like, you know, I liked him as a representation of that. And then it's just like, oh, okay, that's just he just felt so throwaway like disposable by the yeah. end it's like oh okay that's literally all he had to do as like yep. um oh, but i did like eddie munson a lot and i was pretty bummed when he died yeah like i was thinking it's like man it's like he's like uh, and like when max was dying and then came back and i was thinking it's like man you're getting rid of the two of the best characters in this season <laughs> <It's> like, that <laughs> sucks. yeah like at least i like those two a lot in this and the, season and like max yeah like that like eddie munson like i i, I thought he was a cool character um, throughout the whole time, like he, like I, he definitely, I, I definitely resonated a lot with him because I myself, like, failed to graduate multiple years. <laughs> I myself oh, yeah. are brash and like misunderstood. Maybe I was, you know, thought of myself as being misunderstood and stuff. But he, I thought he was like kind of a cool character. But um, and I, I was so, his death was so sad, man. You know the, 
like you know it's just like even at the end still looking for that approval still looking for that you know just to i don't know that was like such a like i think i think he did get a good send off in that like he had a full on like kind of hero moment with the guitar and everything and then and then he makes the you know the the final decision and and like kind of cements himself as like a martyr like and as a hero i think that was kind of cool um yeah it's oh, like but like yeah i did like his whole arc i just kind of wish it was like it kind of coincided with the realization that cuz i don't remember what it i don't know they kind of did it but then ran it back which is a thing on <laughs> if they would kill sorry that, but that if, whether they would like actually kill off any of the main kids and yeah. thinking immediately oh no they're not going to do that because they don't like, like it's just not that kind of show really hmm. but i was kind of annoyed where it's like Madison's like i really enjoyed him as a character and it was like man he exists just to die so you don't have to i mean i don't want any of them to die really i guess i don't know i don't I know i can get rid of mike like, at this it's stage just much, it's just much <laughs> it's such a riskier story play yeah and I was thinking about how, like, other similar... I actually don't have any examples. Yeah. But, like, I was thinking, like, similar stories about, you know, like, a crew of kids. Yeah. Like, within, like, you know, just massive risky situations. Yeah. And, like, actually killing one of them off in the process is, like, it's so striking and, and like, memorable, those kind of stuff. Yeah. And I was thinking about how, like, it's like, oh, man, Eddie Munson was created just to die in this season. That sucks. That's, yeah, because I think they did a very good job of building a lot of kind of like he was introduced with that like you know that the the jock character but you you like you really re- he really kind of resonated with a lot of people whereas the jock was just forgettable and um like uh, like it was great to have him part of the crew for like the second half but i think um it was it was kind of weird i guess like um i don't know yeah i, I wish you i wish you I wish he stuck around, but you know what? I'm sure there'll be another new character they'll introduce next season that will will uh, you know fall in love with, and then just have to accept the fact they're not going to make it. But yeah, I'm bummed out about Max. Though. That's so cheap, though. It's yeah, like, I know. Like, and they did all that work to set up his story and everything. Like we learned nothing about the jock guy. Yeah, that's. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I. I did. I think I didn't mind it because it was like I think they did a good job of like mind him. I think part of the reason I didn't mind him is because they showed him like so driven by like really intense grief. Yeah, it was like completely, and it was like you know it was mixed up with this feeling of you know like I guess Christianity, which probably could have laid been laid out yeah. a bit more clearly. Yeah, but also just um you know just being that pillar of the community or like just supposed he, you know like yeah, it's he's not like something the, has to be but the representation of like the average like kind of Midwestern American you know the god-fearing yeah, okay. person or whatever yeah so i i enjoyed his role i like uh but it's yeah anyway so like overall i think with season four i was like i didn't i really i felt i was like frustrated by how much it was felt like the first half of a big season yeah rather than its own i understand why it was i'm not really against that so much but it's um i don't know i like i really didn't love that it was they didn't have like many satisfying story threads across everything. Mm. They like it's like they knew what they wanted to do with Eleven. They knew what they wanted to do with you know Nancy and that crew as they like go into yep. upside down and investigate that stuff. And then it's like the like the other two like California and Russia just felt 
too separated to me. Yeah. I just like uh, I just remember just like the the Russian guard that like kind of gets caught and whatever joins them is like the guy, you know, a girl has no name. You know, the guy from Game of Thrones. He was the guy, the Jesus guy from Game of Thrones, if you've seen have you seen Game of Thrones, right? Yeah, I don't remember yeah. him though. <laughs> remember remember like that you know how um uh Arya Stark becomes like an assassin? And she shaves her head and blah, blah, blah. And she has to like kind of dress up those bodies for like, you know, that bit in the middle where she was just like had this really weird story where she just like joins this monk group and, and stuff, this secretive group. He was the Jesus character that was like the leader of that group that she escaped oh, from. Okay. Yeah. You know, the man with a thousand faces. I, I definitely or don't remember his like face or anything. <laughs> that's, that's what I was like, I knew him from somewhere. Um, so yeah. that's why like it definitely resonated with me. Um, and like, you know, the whole Murray Yuri thing, like, uh, like, like Yuri sort of gets redeemed, but he was just annoying, man. He's, he's... I was thinking about how like how easy that speech was for him. Yeah. To like affect, I I liked the speech in that it like it felt like it would kind of work on him, but it also felt like man, there's like they spent so much time on this story arc, and that was such a quick resolution to his. Yeah. Like on his, you know, wants to yeah. not help. <laughs> because like usually. When there's a guy like that who's given up, it's because like he used to be like a great soldier or something, but he lost everything. He lost his wife and kids, and he doesn't have anything to live for. But it's not like that's not the thing with this guy. He just drank. <laughs> like, I don't, I like, I don't know. I don't Did know. he lose? I don't know. Like, I feel like that's yeah. like a trope that they sort of implied, but didn't. It's like you're the hero of whatever it was. Um, where would that man be? And he's like, ah, oh, shit. And he pulls it out. Like, that was that was kind of cool. Actually, that it actually makes me think it's like with the themes of this show is, that, is like the thing with him is that he fell to the, like, desires of capitalism. And then it's like, oh, you forgot communism, friend. <laughs> and he's like, don't, don't you remember communism is what gave you power? And then he's like, you're right. And then... <laughs> I could use that again. Uh, and then somehow flown this dinky helicopter to... Uh, like Alaska, like you know, hundreds of miles, like thousands of miles, or whatever it is. I don't know, um, yeah. where they were exactly, but yeah. Uh, also, I didn't realize like the whole thing where um Hopper broke his legs, so he, he broke his ankle so he could get the chain off. But then in the next scene, Did he's he like running. It? I thought he just, I thought he just really hurt it. <laughs> I didn't get the impression he broke it. Oh, that's because like I thought that's what it was, so that he could get the hoop across. Like he had to like break his ankle so he could like like bend it in a weird way remember because that's the way i don't I thought, know i thought he was meant to be like i thought the guy was meant to be like break like bending the like chain enough like the cuff enough or something no so that he could, like, oh really slip it out. i don't know i actually don't remember now i thought it was like i think I'm yeah, definitely anyway. not confident in that reading because that was my impression because then it, i was like he's like horribly out. injured and stuff but then he's just like a beast he's like a bear a hu- like an american bear apparently like it's just like <laughs> yeah i don't know um like it, it definitely like it definitely indulges in in a lot of tropes like the, if if anything like this this whole movie was like a, a like a trope fest you know you had the the supporting inconsequential kind of black characters um like the police chief who was just essentially useless again like yeah. <laughs> were you satisfied by seeing the family, the black family. Yeah, for like that scene. <laughs> also, like, yeah. I like how the families just don't 
care. Like they're not even out there searching for the kids or anything, right? There's not even yeah. They have a pretty small role in the story. Yeah, yeah like they're just like, oh, I guess they're out. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I don't know. Um, like yeah, uh, like uh, overall, I really enjoyed it. But yeah, there, there was definitely those moments where you're like, okay, this is just convenient, or this is just very highly um. Yeah, like the, like the, like I knew Vecna, like I knew number one was that kid. And I had a I had a sneaking suspicion that he was Vecna, because it kind of like um um but like were you satisfied by that twist or lack of whatever? Um, kind of like I I don't think I put it together actually. I think I remember I don't know there are some bits where I probably could have put it together when I was like but I didn't really tug on those strings mentally you know yeah but I, was, I definitely didn't I it was definitely kind of a surprise but also in the way that it's like oh, okay that makes sense but it also wasn't the most satisfying sort of thing to me. Yeah. I'm not sure why. I, I'm not, yeah, it's like I think it worked, but it, it almost felt like too clean. Yeah, almost where it's like, it's oh, convenient. okay. So all these, it's like all the puzzle pieces fit together now. Yeah, and now there's not really any more questions. So, yeah, like that's kind of what it felt like. I think. <laughs> I don't know. Like seeing the transformation just kind of like reminded me of like I don't know, like Anakin Skywalker at the end of Episode Three, where he's like all burnt and everything, and he's just like, this, yeah. yeah. And it's just like so. Like the whole story is that he was like. He was some sort. He was a kid on the spectrum, but he hated. He was like a misanthrope. He hated everything and everyone, and then he got put into this program. But it's like, it wouldn't make sense. Is like, how did the authorities know that he was a psychic? Like, you know, there was no evidence to. I, I figured. I, I thought just this. The. Well, wasn't that after he killed his parents? Yeah, but like they pretty much took him away. Went... Remember, they said he went into a coma and he was taken away, but like from no. then. Like, so what? You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of convenient that they just found this kid. <laughs> I guess it's like, like how they found all of them, which I guess is like detecting them from the base somehow. I'm not actually uh, sure. Yeah. Because it's like it would have been how they found Eleven and stuff, right? Or, yeah. or was she born? At, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't, I don't remember. You have a good point. It's like I wouldn't mind explanation on that. Yeah. And like kind of the twist around like the dad and like and all this. And yeah, it was just kind of like very a lot of, a lot of convenience there. But um. Yeah. Uh what 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 do you think about um like you know we're talking about people who are kind of like forgettable like I think if Mike and Chris Mike and Charlie disappeared I, I don't think the show would be any worse off. <laughs> like they were just kind of inconsequential. So Co- Charlie is the is Will's brother. Is oh, he, okay. Charlie? I think it's Charlie, yeah. Mm. And then Mike um, was just lanky bo- concerned boyfriend trope. I don't think he had anything really to yeah, yeah, I think it's yeah. He has, he's, I don't know. He probably has rarely had much to do. Yeah, it's like it's just Will being very, telling him that he's important, yeah, very confidently. Yeah, and then that kind of resolves his arc. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not even really against it. I thought it played out fine, but it's like yeah. it's not. Um, yeah, it's not the most satisfying character arc for this show after three years of being away or so. You know. Yeah. It's like I guess yeah. I think that's the big part of like I don't. Like again, I like the series. This Stranger Things has a weird spell where it's like, this is the first season I've found to be like particularly subpar to me. Okay. In certain ways, but it's still very satisfying and gratifying to watch yeah. through all at once. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's not even like I don't not enjoy it at all. It's like it's I just don't find myself being 
I can be and I I can end up being critical of it. Yeah. But I ended up enjoying it about as much anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. Like I was thinking about how like Netflix, like because Netflix have been trying to, you know, well, no, I'm not sure if they've been making much of an effort, but they've been really wanting, you know, these like event shows, like Squid Game, them. one of the only ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Squid Game's like the only other one they've really had. I think. I'm yeah. not sure they had much else. I mean, like and back like, in the day, yeah. They're like Spider. Like I like I, like I just watched like Spiderhead, which is like Chris Hemsworth, Miles Teller, kind of, it's like an okay, like it, it's kind of cool. Like it, it, was, it was kind of a novel idea, but it very much falls into that B-level Netflix movie. <laughs> you know, yeah. And it's like, yeah. I was thinking about how strange thing is like the only show I can think of that feels like a it's an event. blockbuster as a TV show. Yeah. That is like, you know. Since Game of Thrones, I think. I don't know. Yeah, but even then, well, it's like I was never like I watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. I don't think I really. Maybe I'm just misremembering. I don't know, but I was like never that into it, just because yeah. it, it, that kind of overall genre doesn't appeal to me as much as I kind of wish it did. Yeah, and yeah. The show itself was never all that rewarding to me personally, but yeah. like, um, so it's like so when it got bad at the end, I wasn't as hurt by it as others were, you know. Yeah. But it's um. But yeah, even that one, it's like, it just doesn't feel the same. I guess because mm. it's just a different genre and stuff. But Yeah, that's true. I, know, I just can't think of another show that's like, I guess like the only other one that was similar to me was like Twin Peaks Season 3. Yeah. That was such a gigantic achievement. That was so to get weird that... and strange and unique. Yeah, it's because like, you knew the story behind it. it, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's just like, that, like, that's a specific type of achievement of filmmaking that's nothing else can ever really replicate it yeah. so it's like i think stranger things is almost like it's i'm sure it's can be replicated fine but it's like it's i don't know there's nothing else really airing like it like it's, i don't know no nah, fair enough yeah i can't really think yeah like i i just want season five to happen but they didn't they couldn't film season five like concurrently with this um and like like this ends on a pretty serious cliffhanger like it, it's not like the um, it's not like the other seasons where it kind of like the story ended, and then there was a little teaser. Like this one, the story doesn't really conclude; it just kind of sh- goes straight into the next challenge. You know, mm. like um, yeah, exactly. Like which, it's like yeah. it's very much setting up the next season directly. Exactly. Like you'd expect the next season to just take off from where this like half an hour after this ends, but apparently, like the Duffer Brothers have said that no, there's going to be a time skip again. Oh, okay. Which, I guess, what's going to happen is that, like, basically, Hawkins is just becomes like taken over by zombies, or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just going to become abandoned well, like, or something. I have no idea. Yeah, it's like I'm guessing it's like just going to be like post Katrina sort of feeling for a period of time. Maybe. And then, and then, like, because like I remember, like, I saw a comment post out, like, like on the review I read. Where it says, which I I think was my interpretation of, but I didn't go, I didn't think through very far. Which is, you know, after Max was revived, the portal element was stopped, but the you know the remains of the quake was still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so it's like I think it might be like, I guess the time skip might just be Vecna rebuilding power, and like just healing back up after this season. Yeah, and true. Because because Vecna sort of disappeared. Yeah. yeah, so it's like I guess that's kind of where it's gone, and like you know, before Vecna, like okay, I gotta kill Max again or someone else, yeah, and then that'll do it. Like I think what's gonna happen is that you know we're gonna finally have that massive showdown with the Mind Flayer, you know that we haven't seen since season two, like the the big spider beast thing. Um, 
like made up of all those like I don't know what nano machines, whatever those floating th- things were. The, I think they literally just call them the particles. Was it was it just meant to be Vecna though? I no, that was well like, Vecna. Just kind of a puppet so Vecna is, I think the Vecna is. Because like, like, um, yeah, I, kind of, I feel like the whole story the general, at the end. Was... Remember, like um, because I had oh, that, okay. like like think I, I think of Vecna as being like the stopgap. Like Vecna is the sub boss, and we're finally going to get the boss boss. And what we'll probably oh, see okay. is that um, I don't see Vecna being the final boss. I see the Mind Flayer as being the final boss. That big spider thing, and Vecna maybe comes back as just like an emissary, you know, like to taunt them. And then like they kill Vecna. They think Vecna's gone again, but then the real fight with the Mind Flayer begins. I think that's okay. what's. Go- I think I, that's what I predicted to be. Okay, because what what I got from it, because like at the end, Will says like I can still f- like he he didn't know that he had like Vecna was what was haunting him. Yeah, as like I could still feel Vecna. So I, my interpretation of it, because like it had that scene where I thought he was like building the mind flayer in the flashback right at the end. Like that was my where where, where you saw the spider form. Yeah. So if if you remember that scene, the form the spider was already there. And he okay. was walking towards it. And it was kind of like that giant being gave Vecna the powers. As like, you know, you will do my bidding type thing. Like a like a Vader to a Palpatine kind of situation. Okay. Yeah, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. I feel like we'll have to... Uh, like, I don't know, I'm not fully convinced. But I feel like it was vague enough that I'm not... I'm still not sure, personally. But it's like, it's... um Yeah, I guess we'll see next season. Yeah. Like, yeah, and apparently, like this, like Netflix, like went down for a bit when this premiered. Apparently. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, it's like wow, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> like, think, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it, and I I like. Uh, it seems like like I was a lot more positive on it than I think you did. Um, but I think we still, I think overall we still liked it. It's just that you probably didn't find it as strong as previous seasons. Based on yeah, like what you said, and I away, and yeah. I really liked it um, compared to other seasons. But what, what one funny thing was like um like the unnecessary kind of U.S. military subplot that I didn't think was needed. Um, yeah, I actually didn't mind that part. I think because it was like it felt like it didn't have it had like just enough focus on it to not be kind of intrusive on the story personally yeah. i think because it had maybe it's because it was more relevant than a lot of like the, the organized the like the infighting between the military yeah like i understood that it was like you know a ticking time bomb like a deadline for yeah l yeah like it was you know like that was the role of it and i kind of enjoyed that aspect but, of it uh, no there wasn't much to it though. yeah I, I i agree with that <laughs> yeah. like it probably wasn't necessary i mean they have to like find it. a way to introduce would... another black character and then i guess like unlikable military general man was the next one available (laughs) um yeah so it's like i'm kind of interested to see how he factors into the next season there yeah that's true now think about it yeah um and then uh i think the the last thing would be like i thought steven i thought steve got like a like a term like he got a really bad wound when he first went to the upside down like remember he got like that gash across his stomach that he was like really bleeding yeah. from and then he just kind of recovered like that was just like that's kind of like where we i think they kind of teased the fact that he might be the one to die but 
Yeah, yeah, they were doing a lot of like um, signposting with exactly yeah. right. Oh, look at the bleed! Oh, he's limping, and then suddenly, just like five minutes later, up oh, because I'm wearing this jacket, I've somehow healed with this like ex-military surplus. <laughs> yeah. oh. Anyway, um, he's um, like downing painkillers like Max Payne. Yeah, like, yeah, right. Like he's just somehow. Yeah, it was it was like a sleeping dog situation where like in sleeping dogs, like in one mission, like you're literally like crippled, like your your arms are broken and things like that, and then you go to um vault over cover and you're just like normal, <laughs> just, and then next scene you're fine again. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that, I think that's gonna do it for our chit chat section for this week. Um, with yeah. Miss Marvel, I've seen the first four episodes. You've seen the first two episodes. It's a bit eh for me. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I, I don't know. I guess what do you we, think? We probably shouldn't say too much. Like, just talk too much. I mean, generally. Yeah. But it's like, um, I do want to say, I'm like, I'm not crazy into it from the first two episodes. Yeah. But I actually really love that it feels like it's not for me. I yeah, love that yeah. feeling because, cool. like, Marvel stuff is like generally for dudes in their twenties. So yeah, far. yeah, yeah. And like, it always feels like that. And I was thinking, it's like, man, it's like, it's actually amazing to like, it's like, I don't know, it like clicked at some point where it's like, oh, I'm not super into teen, like young teen comedy drama stuff right now. Yeah. And it's not quite working for me, but it's like, oh, but it's working for other people. And I love that. Like, it's like, it's like, it feels like the first time in like maybe ever they've genuinely made something for a different audience that isn't their core audience. Yeah. It's like, it's, I still enjoy it fine, but it's like, I, I don't know. I, I just find that like, I love that. Like, it's yeah. like. They should have been doing this a while, you know, because it's like, minds you, like where they've been, you know, they've been calls to have like, you know, prominent women mm. as like, you know, major heroes and like building movies around them. And it's like, they kind of end up making the same movies with a lot of like kind of pretty pandering stuff in it to say, it's like, hey, we have feminine, like not to say that's bad necessarily. I'm like, I'm, I'm just not really, Yeah. I don't know, maybe it affects people more than I really recognize i think i think it um, still ends up feeling like the same product yeah yeah i mean i don't know like uh, i guess i'm meant to like appreciate a bit more especially coming from a southeast asian background but i just hate the main character and i hate kamran he's just and uh, she sucks i hate the actress i mean sorry like she just comes across very weak and annoying and she's got this stupid pouty thing and she mumbles a lot and it's like like why couldn't they give us like a strong well like, in a well-spoken main character. Like, why did they have to give us this annoying, like, kind of grovelly teenager? Like, you know what I mean? Like, anyway. Not really. That's, uh, that's, that's kind of, I think that, that stupid face she makes is just, like, really annoying. But, um, no, nah, from season, sorry, from episode three and four, when there's a change of scenery, I think you'll like, um, I think you might like, like it a bit more. Um, I mean, for me, it's kind of funny, like, the characters that they're saying are Pakistani, like, they cannot pronounce the words correctly, so it's like, I'm sure the actor's probably Latino or something, trying to speak in Urdu, and it just, it's just from, like, knowing the language and stuff, it just it just seems very oh, off, okay. um, but yeah. that's oh, fine. I remember yeah. the casting debate around that, where it's like, I think the idea is that they're not from the specific area in the Middle Eastern, like, from yeah. that country that they're meant to be from, they're yeah. from a nearby location, oh, like, probably have heritage. Yeah, from- yeah nearby like so it's like a lot of it doesn't yeah. quite fall into place the way yeah. a lot of people l- would prefer yeah and and that's the thing like um i know it'd be uh it'd be cool like um yeah i guess uh i don't know it, 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 uh, it, is it a six episode arc this one as well yeah okay cool so we've got two more episodes so maybe we might 
hold off on talking about it until we've watched all six episodes. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because uh, episode five comes out, uh, like, as of this recording, is probably out now. Usually it's on Wednesday nights uh, it comes out. So we'll, uh, in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll do a proper spoiler Spoiler chat about it and and talk a bit more in depth then, but yeah, um, like I I I think it's really cool that they show like, like uh, um, like Pakistan, like that's like sorry, spoiler for you, but they will go to Pakistan, like seeing that and and recognizing some of this like how the streets would look, like that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I would uh, it's it's. I guess like from my point of view, it's kind of like the greatest. It's like um what you picture the country would be like. It's like kind of like, it's definitely not made for someone like me. It's definitely made for that 20-year-old something white guy because it's like pretty much like, a, here's what you, here's how we're going to, um, here's, we're going to give you what you think this country looks like or like what you think this country is like and blah, blah, blah. But that's not to say it's a bad thing, you know. It's a, it's still one step forward in representation. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Um, with the with the final two episodes, um, I'll be curious to hear what you what you think about it then as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, let's uh, let's take another quick break and uh, we'll uh, close out the show. Um, as always, uh, just wanted to say a huge thank you to everyone who's listened or watched us live or will watch us on YouTube later. Um, we always appreciate all of the support that you guys give us. Um, we've got some great developments happening in the world of Discord um, and uh, potential return for some news back on the site as well. Um, uh, John, you've uh, you finished Spyro 2 and Miles Morales. Uh, and started berserk. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to tell us? Is it? Do you want to tell us a little bit more now, or do you want to kind of go into it a bit more in, in depth next week? Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll keep it for next week, I guess. All right, yeah. cool, cool. Because I think um next week because we're not going to talk about uh, like well hopefully not going to talk about any huge series <laughs> recaps. <laughs> we'll we'll give it a lot more of the the time that it deserves um but yes as always double jump radio is made possible thanks to support thanks to the support of our wonderful members and patrons you too can support double jump by heading to doublejump.co slash memberships and signing up today uh but yeah um it's been it's been uh it's, it's been a great week like i think there's been some ups and downs but i'm really really happy with like how kind of we we talked about the news this week i think it I'm glad that we could kind of cover more of the smaller stories that we sometimes miss, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm patting my own yeah. back. I'm terrible. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but but it sounded like you you had fun as well. But yeah, please, folks at home, write to us podcast at doublejump.co. Write to us on Discord and let us know what you think. Um, John, as always, thank you, my friend. It's uh, always a pleasure shooting the shit with you every week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, you uh, t- 
talking about the games next week and um, I'll hopefully have more news about Ace Combat. But until next time, look out for one another. Peace. face has been it's very (laughs) annoying